Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Jedi and Germs, a weekly podcast brought to you by the Torn by Sports Podcast Network and blogtalkradio.com. I'm Alan Zog, the Jedi. He's John English, the Germs guy. Hello, John. Hello, Alan. And how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, good. I, I you know, I, Devin, Devin, how are you, Devin? Good morning, everybody. Oh, I thought you were going to pull a good morning Vietnam there for a minute. Good morning. <laughs> yes, it is a good morning. It's a beautiful Friday spring morning, and we have no jazz to talk about. I, not that we can really touch on much because, you know, they're not in the playoffs right now anymore. So, but we do have lots of NBA playoffs to talk about. And since we haven't had Devin on for a couple of weeks, we haven't recorded in a couple of weeks either. We didn't get to our over under predictions from the beginning of the season to see where we were at. Where do you want to start? Do you want to do the over unders first or do you want to do the playoffs first? Oh, uh, let's go ahead and do over under first. All right, let's do it. Let's 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 look back to see just how bad we really were. And Devin, we did have our preseason prediction talk a couple weeks ago and How'd I do? How did Devin fare? I don't even remember. I think I did great. (laughs) We all did okay. He can go back and listen. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, you can go back and listen when I threw you under the bus for one of your picks, and I was completely wrong on it. So, yeah, Devin, see? Yeah, that's okay. That did happen. That's true. Okay. Let's go to what we said in the East. In the East, Boston was a 57 and a half. We all picked the over. We were all wrong. Yes. Uh, Boston we, wound up finishing 49 and 33. Oh, we were, we were very wrong on that. So, and of course, we, is, we, we, we have Boston that just got, just got a gentleman sweep in the second round. So, yeah, we, we weren't We're, we're talking playoffs after this. I know. Okay, fine. Next. We'll, we'll, we'll get to all that. Okay. Next, Philadelphia was 54 and a half. They wound up finishing 51 and 31. We all took the over. We were all wrong again. Oh, dear. Here's where the separation happens. Toronto, 54 and a half. They finished 58 and 24. Devin and I took the over. Alan took the under. Dag nabbit. Devin, don't start celebrating yet because I'll make up for that elsewhere. Indiana, they were at 47 and a half. They finished 48 and 34. We all took the over. Yeah. Wow, that was a good one. Half a game. Okay. Yeah, no kidding. Milwaukee, 46 and a half. They wound up finishing 60 and 22. Alan and I took the over. Devin took the under. Oh, we're starting. What, to... what, what, did I, what was I yeah. thinking? <laughs> I don't know. We're starting to even out here. Here we go. Well, they were like the sixth or seventh seed last year. And yes, they were. New coach and all that stuff. Okay, Washington. Uh, 44 and a half. 
they wound up finishing 32 and 50. Uh, I took the under, you two took the over. Ouch. Wow, I didn't realize I was doing this well. Okay, Miami. <laughs> Miami, 41 and a half. They wound up finishing 39 and 43. Devin and I took the under, Alan took the over. Ouch. Next was Detroit at 37 and a half. We all took the over, and we were all right because they finished 41 and 41. Uh, Charlotte, they were picked at 35 and a half. They finished 39 and 43. We all took the under. We were all wrong. Uh, Brooklyn, they were at 32 and a half. We all took the under. We were all wrong. Orlando, 31 and a half. We all took the under. We were all wrong. Interesting. Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) Cleveland was 30 and a half. Uh, we all took the over. They finished 19 and 63. Now we failed that one miserably too. Big this time. This is not going well for us. <laughs> now, <laughs> we're losing <laughs> listeners right now. <laughs> New York, 29 and a half. We all took the under. New York finished with only 17 wins. We were all right. Uh, Chicago, 27 and a half. We all took the over. We were all wrong. They only had 22 wins. Atlanta, 23 and a half. We all took the under. We were all wrong because Atlanta wound up with 29 wins. Oh. So we're not, we're not that great at the East. No, we're not. Although John is, John is the separated winner right now uh, so far. Yep, I got seven right. Yeah. I think uh, I got okay. two. <laughs> Maybe three. <laughs> Uh, Alan got four, right? You got five, right? So we're at four, five, and seven right now. Okay. West golden state, 62 and a half. They finished with 57 wins. Devin took the under me and Alan took the over Devin's right. Houston, 54 and a half. Devin took the under Alan and I took the over Devin's right again. Because Houston finished with 53 wins. Devin just tied OKC, John. 50 and a half. We all took the over. OKC finished with 49 wins. LA, 48 and a half. This is the Lakers. The Lakers and the Jazz were picked to have the same record. Okay. Lakers, 48 and a half. We all took the under. We were all right. Lakers only finished with 37 wins. Utah, 48 and a half. We all took the over. We were all right. Denver, 47 and a half. We all took the over. We were all right. Hey, we're doing better. Okay, Pelicans, uh, 45 and a half. We all took the over. We were all wrong. Minnesota, 44 and a half. Oh, my gosh. They only had 36 wins. I actually took the over. You two took the under. You two are right. Yes. Uh, let's see. Spurs. 43 and a half. We all took the over. We were all right. Much better in the West. Uh, Portland, 41 and a half. We all took the over. We were all right. Clippers, 35 and a half. We all took the under. We were all wrong. Dallas, 34 and a half. We all took the under. We were all right. Dallas only had 33 wins. Memphis, 34 and a half. Memphis finished with 33 wins. Devin's the one that took the under. We took the over. 
Phoenix, uh, 28 and a half. You two took the over. I took the under. I got that one. Phoenix finished with 19 wins. And finally, Sacramento Kings, 25 and a half. We all took the under. We were wrong. Sacramento finished with 39 wins. Oh, wow. Well, if I counted all right, I don't know the exact totals, but I think you and Devin came in on a tie on that, and I lost badly. Uh, maybe. Let's see. So in the East, Alan had four. Devin had five. I had seven. In the West, Alan had seven. Devin had eight, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, ten. And I had five, seven. Yeah, it looks like I only had seven. Okay, so. That means, again, you two tied. Devin wins. Oh, Devin wins no. by one? By one. Yeah. I, I just want to thank oh, all, all the okay. all <laughs> all right, people. All right, all right. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Okay. We, we, before we started the show, yeah. we were talking off your walk-off series that's and right. game-winning. You know, Sean, you're listening. Devin's been, Devin's been walking high because of his walk-off game-winner last night in look, ball. So, look, look, hey. man, you, you, you play the game well. You know the game well. No one asked, but I'm, I'm a genius about this stuff. I'm a genius. Good thing we're not... Good thing we're not gamblers. Devin got 15 out of 30. I got 14. Alan got 11. Well, 15 out of 30 is basically what the averages are, right? It's 50, 50%. 50%. Here's, here's yep. what I attribute that in the East, though. I attribute that to LeBron James leaving the East. Because I don't think yeah. we had any idea what was going to happen and who was going to step up. Well, you had injuries. You had chemistry issues. You're also forgetting about trades. Midseason trades that, changed that landscape I was big say. time in the East. Yeah. And and Trey Young didn't end up being a bust. No. No, he so, did yeah. not. So. I think I think we'll be better next year. Uh, we I, think, were, I think we, it'll be more balanced next season. We were definitely much safer in the West, weren't we? <laughs> So, all right. Well, that pretty much did it. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll look forward to doing our over unders again in August, August, September, when that comes up again, in the meantime, yep. let's jump into the playoffs and boy, do we have a lot, we haven't recorded in a couple of weeks. We have a lot to hit on. Where do you want to start, John? Well, it's been a couple of weeks, so, uh, I guess we can, recap the first round and then enter where we are in the second round. So first round, the only series that went seven game was Denver and San Antonio. Denver ultimately won. Uh, Portland did the gentleman sweep of the thunder. Houston did the gentleman sweep of the jazz. Uh, Warriors needed two games. Warriors needed uh, six games to eliminate the Clippers four two. Bucks swept the Pistons in the first round. Celtics swept the Pacers in the first round. And then gentlemen's sweep of the Sixers over the Nets and the Raptors over the Magic. Now, round two has been very competitive and very exciting. Um, with the exception Milwaukee of one series. Dispense, with the exception of one series, but that's that's got great storyline drama anyway. Uh, Bucks do beat the Celtics four to one Celtics are a second round exit. They're worse than they were last year when they supposedly had a better roster. What do they do now is, is Kyrie leaving and everything I'm he seeing and hearing sounds like Kyrie's out of there. So Boston's going to have quite a tumultuous off season. Um, and then the others, 
the others are still going. We have it. Game seven going to be between Sixers and Raptors. I'm going to pick Raptors in that one. Me too. Game seven between Blazers and Nuggets. And I really don't know who's going to win that one. Um, before the season started, I thought Denver would be a first round elimination. Jokic has stepped up. He's become a star in these playoffs. He's been incredible. Dame has been incredible as well. That's like so the best series in the whole thing. I it's, think. I think it's. I think it is. It's the most compelling series. The most exciting series. And I, I'm looking at it. I don't think Dame has been that great in this series. The guy who's been great though is McCollum. McCollum has been fantastic in this series. He's had some really good games, and they're role players. They've had Rodney Hood step up in, in a few games. They've had, they've they've had uh, uh, Cantor's had himself a, a decent series as well. Um, yeah. I I'm having a hard time picking that game game seven winner I, just based on the way this series has gone. You had I, I thought how many people really thought that after that four overtime game when Portland won that 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 series the series belonged to Portland. I know I did. I was I was drawn in believing that they were that they didn't, Denver was done, and then Denver turns around and blows Portland out of the water in Game Five, and suddenly you're going, well, okay, okay, what happened there? But then Portland turns around and does almost the same thing last night. They blow Denver away last night. So Game Seven is anybody's game at this point. Yeah. So I, I, I think Portland can win that. I think they both can really, I mean, either team can win that, but I think Portland can and should and will, I'd like to see Portland. So. Yeah. Each team has won a road game. Yeah. And this one is in Denver and, you know, I'm inclined to think Denver is a slight favorite, but I, you know, I still believe Portland's going to pull it out. Well, and if they get 30 points out of Jamal Murray again, Denver wins that. Absolutely. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, Denver's put a couple of, I mean, Murray's put a couple of 30 point games together in this series. So, you know, if you get, you get a 30 point game out of Murray, then Denver's going to win that ball game. Um, The other thing of note is I saw them put a graphic up on the screen the other night. Jokic is in rare company for his first season in the NBA playoffs. Did you see that graphic? Uh-uh. Triple double graphic, most triple doubles in the NBA playoffs, and oh, wow. Jokic is number two on that list, behind Magic Johnson. And and did I, they mean did they mean in like one playoffs in in I in one playoff season? Yes, and it this, was in there. It was in his first yeah. playoffs. So Magic had yeah. five triple doubles in his first playoff season. Jokic okay. now has four, and I think he I, – I don't know if he has one since then, but he had four the other night. The next closest was LeBron James, and I think it was like two or three. So Man. Jokic is in rare form and rare company, and he's a center. So pretty impressive numbers that Jokic is putting up for Denver right now. Very impressive numbers. Well, here's the interesting thing about what's coming up. I was just pulling up 538 to see what the odds are. They they give Denver a seventy six percent to go ahead and win the series. Wow! Um, they have the Rockets are seventy four percent to tie up that series three three, and then uh, Sixers and Raptors. Raptors are seventy four percent. So interesting. Uh, five 
538 projects that Rockets and Warriors will go game seven. And they have, if game seven happens, they have that as a toss up. A 51 49 toss up. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that is. And that said, uh, there will be no Kevin Durant for the rest of this series. Mm. Kevin Durant will be reevaluated next week. So they're going to go. But I make the case that Golden State won the won the championship. How many championships they win before Kevin Durant came along? Two. So they've won titles without him. Can they proceed on without him in these playoffs? Playoffs? I I think they can. I still think they can beat Houston without him. I it's going to be a little more difficult, but I still think they can. Yeah. Did they win two without him? Did they I, win? I thought they only won. Well, I think they won one, oh, and that's then they right. lost, and then they got Durant and won two more. That's, that's right, right. That's right. They. That's right. I couldn't remember if they won two or one, but I knew they had won. You know, won won a title without him. Well, no, they 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 made the finals twice without him. Yes, yes, they did. Yeah. So you know, interesting enough too, as I saw a video tweet yesterday, and I can't remember who it was that I was watching, um, breaking down numbers for James Harden, and. Uh, Man, I wish I could find it, and I didn't retweet it either, and I'm mad at myself for doing so. The guy really uh, really went after James Harden for the fact that he just disappears in the playoffs, and this is not the first year it's happened. And I got to agree, James Harden has not been good in these playoffs, and he hasn't been good in past years either. You know, and, and I thought the Jazz did a wonderful job at defending him in the first round. And I've been a little bit surprised that Golden State's played him straight up, but that said, the numbers... The numbers prove the point that James Harden hasn't been that good against the Warriors either. Very interesting, interesting numbers and things that were thrown out on this video. If I could find it, I'd share it. But somebody had retweeted it into my timeline yesterday, and I thought it was fantastic. Mm. Um, who, you know, there. Yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to comment on the finals. Uh, this is going to be the first NBA finals in nine years without LeBron James. He's been in there the previous eight years. Um, the past four years, we've had Warriors Cavs the past four years. Uh, so we're finally going to get something that isn't Warriors Cavs. Last time it wasn't Warriors Cavs was Spurs beating the Heat. Uh, boy, the landscape has changed since. Hasn't it though? Yeah. So, I mean... Do you think the Warriors will win this series? Uh, I don't know. With with Durant's absence, um, the Warriors just aren't that deep. I mean, they have some incredible players on top. They're just not that deep. They've, that's borne itself out in the playoffs. So I, I do think Houston has a pretty decent shot of bumping off Warriors in the second round. And if they pull that off, you have Durant head for the Knicks. You, you'd have Kyrie and Durant get eliminated in the second round and then go join one of the worst teams in the NBA. <laughs> That'd be fun. Well, and I know I'm jumping the gun on this, but with, with the performance we saw from Milwaukee, I I don't know. I have a hard time believing that anybody can beat them right now. I, I think they can win the East, and they should. I mean, they're the number one seed, but looking at the way they dismantled Boston, um, and then I think that, you know, you face up against either the Sixers or the Raptors. I think they win that series. And then, and then they've yeah. got home court advantage in the NBA finals. I got to believe they can match up against anybody coming out of the West. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, 
I think whoever comes out of the East has a really decent shot of toppling. Whoever, whoever, I still think whoever wins between Warriors and Rockets is going to beat whoever comes out of Denver, Portland. And I think the Bucks have shown that they are good enough to be able to beat any of them. I, I think it'll be a very exciting series and an unpredictable series. Not necessarily, guys. Not necessarily. <laughs> because if you get the Bucks versus the Rockets, there are going to be so many foul shots in that game and that series. Because you've seen how, how it goes with Giannis. He gets into the paint and he gets the calls. Yep. Harden on the threes generally gets the calls. Do you really want a, a free throw shooting finals? Is that what you guys you're, want? You're already getting players <laughs> opining for the referees in the Golden State Houston series, and it's already awful enough. I'm just saying. Tell me this hasn't been it'll, awful. It'll still be fun. Tell me it hasn't been awful watching the two teams that we all hate the most here in Utah opining for the refs' calls this entire series. I don't know. Well, I, I'm sure I brought it up on this podcast before, but um, I, lis- I listened to a special earlier about, I think it was This American Life, and they said that there's been, they said that NBA officiating has never been better, and yet complaining about it has never been worse. Yeah. And they said, especially by the players, and the ones who complain the most are the richest players. Of course they are. So the biggest stars are the ones who are the biggest whiners about the call. They're the ones who get all disrespectful and trying to showboat. And they, they don't want life to be fair. They want specialized treatment. And they get upset when they don't get specialized treatment. So I'm, I'm waiting to find out who gets kicked out first in game six. Is it going to be Draymond Green or is it going to be, you know, Chris Paul or, or, or James Harden? Because there's been some eye poking and elbow throwing between them in the last few games too, which has been kind of, that part has been entertaining at best. I, I think it'll be between Draymond or Chris Paul. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't, I think, I don't think Harden is as demonstrative as those other two. Other than, other than the cheap shot that he took at green when green was defending him on the three the other night. Do you remember that one? Yeah, but Harden's not one who flails his arms around and gets, you know, half to throw tantrums. <laughs> right. Right. Chris, Chris Paul's the biggest tantrum thrower there is. <laughs> I, I don't know because James Harden, when he doesn't get a call, decides to sit on the floor. You know, it's not flail. It's just his tantrums are quiet, sit on the floor and wait until well, somebody acknowledges I mean. him. Yeah, he, he's, he's more pouty. Chris Paul is more. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Oh my goodness. It's that, that part of this series has been entertaining. It's been fun to watch. So, and you yeah. know, having Harden say, we just want the refs to give us a chance. Just give us a chance. Yeah. James Harden. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's how the jazz fans felt against you too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Go ahead, Devin. You, yep, had, yep, yep. you wanted to say something. <laughs> I, I, I kind of agree with Harden in some ways though. I, I think the way that they call it needs to be consistent. And the problem is they're not consistent. But if they were consistent, then then Harden wouldn't get nearly the calls he'd get and, either. And that's what I'm saying. If you don't give Harden those calls all throughout the season, then he doesn't expect to get the foul there and they play the game differently. Yeah, true. But if, if you're going to yeah. call that all the time, then you need to call that. 
Okay. It, it, it's one of those things. It's kind of like how games sometimes go, uh, and they they let them play very loose yeah. throughout the whole game, and then like the last they call it tight. The last two minutes, suddenly it's a tight game, right? And you can't do what you thought you could do, right? It, it needs to be more consistent, and I get that it's the probably the fastest paced game in the world, and the, some of the world's greatest athletes, and this, or, that, and the other. They need to add another official. And there yeah. needs to be some level of accountability for, for how they're doing their jobs. I also like I also like the review idea and like throwing a challenge flag on some I, of this stuff. Yeah. I also like mm. the reverse of what you said. You said they let them play loose and call it tight at the end, whereas in game five, they called it tight the entire game. And then the final minute and a half of that game, they called it so loose that that Clay Thompson was actually out of bounds when he threw that pass in. <laughs> It's like you really miss all of this stuff, guys, in the final minute and a half. Right, really? and that, that's what I'm saying. You <laughs> yeah. need to be consistent in how you call it. Right, Because right. It, it, it's, it's just how it goes. The problem I think that we have is players are so accustomed to being treated a certain way that they feel like they're going to get these calls, and then you're going to get the whining and stuff when they don't get it. And not only that, not just uh, – it needs to be the same with players because right. you give superstars superstar calls – well, then they go into a game with other superstars and they're not getting them. You see right. what I mean? Yes. It's yes. like, yeah, you want them to give you a chance. I get that. You just want them to call it the same way they've always been calling it. And yeah. to Harden, <laughs> right. that's, that's not what happened, right or wrong. Right. I think it's a long-term, you know, season-long adjustment that needs to be made. Right. Any other thoughts on that, John? No, that's good. All not right, fair. so before we move on, Let's get firm picks here. Uh, Golden State, Houston, who wins the series and how many games? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Houston in seven. I'm going to say Golden State in six. I think they close them out in this next game. I will go. Wow. I will go Golden State in seven. Uh, and and that's like I'm doing a coin flip here. I honestly don't know. Right. Really, game six is going to be is is going to be decided on whether they can get along without Kevin Durant. Because if they do, then John's probably going to be right. Because if they if they look badly outmatched without Kevin Durant, then John, I think you might be right on that. That that Houston will win game seven. And I've I've been saying since the beginning that Houston had a chance to win this series. Right. Because I I think they are that good. Right. It just comes down to are their shots falling, I think. Agreed. And they're not missing 27 threes like they did last year. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Denver, Portland. Who wins game seven? I know we didn't want to pick this a few minutes ago, John, but we got to pick one, so pick one. Man, I really, really want to pick Portland, but I think Denver's going to win. Okay. I am going to pick Portland. Devin? Uh, I, I got to go with Dame. Even if I'm wrong, I, I gotta I gotta have some faith that that Lillard shows out. Dame time, okay. Um, and finally, Toronto Philly game seven goes to who? Toronto, Toronto, uh, Toronto. Okay. All right, moving. And we want if we want Tobias Harris, we definitely want Toronto to win. Yes, okay, we do. I want the Seventy Sixers <laughs> to win. <laughs> Wait, you don't want you don't no, want Tobias Harris? I do not want Tobias Harris. You leave Derek Favors in a jazz jersey until he's old. 
<laughs> Derek Favors should be buried in a jazz jersey. See, I'm with Devin on this. I like the idea of Tobias Harris, yeah. but I would prefer not to. Plus, I think he'll cost too much. So I like he will cost too much. I really like the idea. I really hate the fact that it's more likely than not that Derek Favors isn't going to be back. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I want Toronto, though. I, I, I had to clarify. I'm not cheering for the 76ers. Please don't at me. Um, by yeah. the way, John, <laughs> we're going to move on to NBA news and notes. But your first one, I'm going to have to share what I read yesterday. But anyway, on to NBA news and notes. You want to talk about the coaching carousel, the, the Suns and the Lakers. Let's do it. Yeah, uh, the Suns gave Monty Williams a five-year deal. Um, apparently the owner made a big personal pitch to Monty and they want to make sure that he understands that he's going to have time to groom players. Uh, they're going to have another awesome lottery pick. Uh, they're tired of the losing culture. So, okay. I'm, I'm impressed that someone of Monty's caliber would go to Phoenix. You would think there are other jobs in the NBA that he would also be I mean that's a that's a good pick for the Suns. Yeah, no, I think I think that's fantastic. I like Monty Williams, and I think I I think that's great. I feel bad for I mean we talked about this before. I feel bad for Kakashkov because I felt like he deserved a better chance than he got. But let's face it, that front office is still a mess. But I do like Monty Williams. Look look at the the coaching situation that's been in Phoenix though. Yes, how many guys have they taken that have been formerly of the Jazz? Uh, Igor was number three, right? Behind yes. Hornacek and Watson? Yes. None of them have yep. ended well. And I'll be honest, I don't think this Monty Williams thing ends well. I don't think he makes it through a third season. Possibly. Very possible. Phoenix just wants to get things done instantaneously, and it's not going to happen. Agreed. It's essentially what the Brooklyn Nets did, but they don't have veteran, talented players. They just have young guys, and they think it's just going to happen for them. Right. Yeah. So... Interestingly enough, the other half of that involved the Lakers, which uh, Monty was on their list as well. But uh, the Lakers debacle continues. Because as of what I read yesterday, Tyron Lue is not coming to L.A. Oh, really? I read ESPN posted yesterday that the talks ended and he's gone because the Lakers came to him and said, we'll take you, but we want, what is what was it? We want Jason Kidd on your staff. Yeah, oh basi- basically, they wanted Tyron Lue to come in, but they wanted to be able to pick his assistants. They did not want him to do so. They felt like they wanted to be able to set this whole thing up. Not and, only that, I think it was supposed to be oh, a five-year five year deal, and they offered him three. Yep, yep. So they turned around, and, and those talks ended. Wouldn't you know what? Monty was on their radar, but Monty, in the meantime, signs with Phoenix. So the Lakers are stuck searching for coaches again. Wow. And they're looking that, at, at seasoned coaches. Who was on that list? I think Vogel was on the list. And do you, do you recall, Alan? I, I don't, but I do remember watching a video clip from Stephen A. Smith, who even suggested that there are some friends and folks uh, in Jeannie Buss's territory and, and, and corner who are suggesting to trade LeBron. They are, and I 100% agree that they should. So... I think the Tyron Lue signing was to appease LeBron because I think he likes Tyron and I think he would have played for Lue, but I don't know. I, there is a lot of upheaval in Lakerland and it's interesting how it's all fallen apart since the trade deadline when they couldn't 
when they when they couldn't pick up, you know, Anthony Davis, and then things just went downhill. They are a mess there in L.A. What the Lakers need to do is they need to completely blow this up. (laughs) They need to go into a full rebuild. They need to trade LeBron for anything they can get as far as future talent. They need to trade Kuzma to the Jazz, and then I can go back to officially hating the Lakers more than anyone. By the way, John, there is a yesterday, last night, um, L.A. Times article. Listen to this headline. I'm, I'm going to read it later. But Jeannie Buss, Rob Palenka, and Lakers lose Tyron Lue and credibility. Yeah, I. they insist they want Jason Kidd on the staff. Uh, that gives me flashbacks to Jeff Hornacek, who only got the Knicks job if he agreed to let Kurt Rambis be his assistant head coach which was a total disaster. There's yes, nobody who fails upwards, backwards, better than Kurt Rambis. If I remember right, Kurt Rambis is with the Lakers now. I think he was the he, one advocating this. By the way, he head co- <laughs> He was the head coach of the Lakers oh, before. Boy. He was the head coach of the Lakers before uh, Jackson took over. Mm. If I remember correctly, Rambis has been around a bit, and I, he hasn't had success. No matter where he's gone, either I'm going to argue that up and down. I like I said, yeah. they're a mess. They're a complete wreck. I think Tyron Lue would have been a good situation for him in L.A. Um, you know, I you know all the joking aside, everybody says LeBron coached that Cavaliers team to a title. I I think still think Lue had a lot to do yeah. with that, and I think he would have been a good pickup for L.A. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Well, Sporting News has a list of who the Lakers are looking at. We'll go through them. Um, Jawan Howard. Uh, he's he, he's been an assistant with the Heat. He's okay. hasn't had a head coaching experience, but you know he's he's been LeBron's teammate before, so there's some history there. Yep, that's a possibility. Frank Vogel, yes, he's he's a good possibility. He did great with the Pacers. Um, his two years with the Magic wasn't so great, so who knows. Uh, Jason Kidd, I can't believe is still being floated out there. Uh, I think it would be disaster, a total disaster. So I'm kind of rooting for it. Um, <laughs> Lionel Hollins. Okay. That's uh, not a bad uh, option either. Uh, no, he, he was good when he was with the Grizzlies. He's been out for a while. Um, and then the other one was Mike Woodson. And Which is not a bad Mike, option either. Mike Mike had a decent run already. Yeah, he was he was good with the Hawks. He was good with the Knicks until it all fell apart. Where he he got the he's he got the Knicks to the Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference, and Eastern Conference, and then they got worse every year, and they finally just left. Wasn't that wasn't Hill. that Melo's first year with the Knicks? Yeah. Uh, no. No. I think it was his second, maybe third year. Okay, that's right. When Woods, Woodson came over, got them there. They that's thought right. they were going to have this great dynasty, and then it just all fell apart. So my question is, with everything that's gone on in the last five months, and now with Tyron Lou, if you're Mike Woodson, if you're Hollins, if you're Frank Vogel, and I only say those three because those three have actually held good, successful jobs before – do any does LA really look that appealing to any of them? Uh, yeah, 
I mean, I get it. You're in the the the, the lights. You're in the glitz. You're in you're in L.A. You, you've got, but I I can't believe in my mind that that watching the way things have fallen apart there that it, that 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 situation looks good to any coach right now. You know what? Even if it's Mon- LeBron, money talks. I agree. I agree. I'll, I'll go to L.A. and let LeBron yell at me and run the show for for three million dollars. Okay, fair. Coaches are hired to be fired, and you're going to go in LeBron's second year. LeBron may not be who he used to be, but you're going to go into a situation where that it would be impossible for the front office to screw up free agency as bad this year as they did last year and just getting all the wrong pieces around him. I would think if you're getting hired, you're going to have a little more say in personnel that's coming over. Right. And say, let's, let's be a little more realistic here. Let's get some actual shooters. Um, they're going to, tr- they're going to try to do big trades and recruiting and all that stuff. Maybe they try to get Anthony Davis again. I don't think, I think the Lakers assets have fallen, but right. say, say the Lakers get a really good draft pick. Say the Lakers wind up with like the number three pick. Um, they can float that number three pick and other assets to, to get another all-star to be with LeBron. Right. And that would be the most valuable piece. Okay. It would be like, all right, we got the number three pick and Ingram and Hart and Kuzma and whatever else we can throw in to get your all-star. That That is a lot more appealing than it was a few months ago. Yeah, fair. That's fair. So, well, that's uh, – it's going to be fun to watch. I, I'm telling you right now, I'm pulling out the popcorn and kicking back because watching what's going on in L.A. is is entertaining right now. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. Uh, that's it for, I don't think we have anything else in the NBA to talk about. So let's move on to Devin's quick hits. Um, yeah, I was just looking. I don't think I have anything hoops related because we've really, uh, covered it. Uh, just a reminder, I'll, I'll throw my pitch in game of Thrones. Another episode dropped yesterday. I haven't watched it. Uh, but it looks to be about the AD trade saga, so that should be fantastic. What did we, what's it called again? Game uh, Game of uh, sorry, Game of Zones. Zones. Yeah, Game you of said Zones. Game of Thrones at first. I thought. Wait sorry. a minute. Sorry, we'll we'll get to pop culture in a minute. <laughs> um, one thing that I did see, Adam Silver was saying uh, that his goal moving forward is to have NBA refs and coaches be roughly fifty fifty uh, men and women. Okay. Uh, what do you guys? What are your thoughts on that? Do you see that actually happening, or is that too lofty of a goal for the commish? It's. I mean, they're surely capable. I think it's kind of lofty just because of how recruiting is right now. They have what, maybe two female officials right now. Yeah, something like but, that. But you know, I mean. And there's only two. There's only two female assistants that I know of in the NBA right now, aren't there? The one in Sacramento and the one in in uh, San Antonio. San Antonio. I I feel like there's a third one somewhere. Yeah, yeah, there um, probably I, is. I th- I I mean the, the officials thing I think would be really easy to get that number up. Um, you know, I've I've I don't even know how to say this without sounding lame. I mean, I I've as an official you know, for high school games, I've worked with female officials. They're fully capable of doing it. And so I think it's great that they're going to increase it more in the NBA. 
Um, 50-50, I think it'll take a long time to get there. (laughs) Yes, that's a bit lofty (laughs) right now, but yes. But yeah, if if he says that as a goal and more and more women recognize that as an option and want to climb the ranks, then yeah, I think you will see an increase and some of the pioneers who took a lot of crap like Violet Palmer, I think I think you're going to get more I think more is coming and it's good that he at least has that goal so that right. you know, maybe maybe in a couple years we'll see it at like 10% and it'll keep going from there. But if the NBA were to implement the four official thing that I've mentioned, you're going to have lots of room. You're going to have to hey. do some hiring. Yes, you are. And you can start yep. to find more of that balance almost in- instantaneously if you wanted to. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I, I'm also going to be, and, and on the assistant realm, I, I'm going to make a bold a bold prediction I, I, or a statement. I, I would find it very interesting and not far-fetched if when Popovich decided to retire, because we know he's renewed for a couple more seasons, what, three seasons, I think they said. But if if when he retires, if they were to um, promote, uh, and I've, I've, I've already forgot her name, who's the assistant there in San Antonio? Isn't Becky Hammond? Yeah, I think it's Becky. If Becky were to take over the head coaching there. I, I could see the Spurs being the pioneer, the pioneer forefronted uh, team of putting a woman in at the head coaching spot. And I say all for it. Let's do it. And I, I don't think that necessarily has to be head coaches either. He may be referencing assistant coaches, which yeah, you have maybe. multiple. Maybe. Yeah. But you I know. could see I could see her being the first head coach, too, if she continues to provide for for uh, a pop as an assistant like she has. Agree, John? Yeah, I I think I saw that Pops agreed to another three year deal. That's what I saw first. too. Yeah, so but eventually, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, okay. Uh I I know Alan doesn't watch. Uh John, maybe <laughs> you watch. There was a, a little bit of action over the pond and uh Liverpool comes back to beat Barcelona to advance yep. to the Champions League final did you watch i didn't watch but i understand that now it's an all english matchup Ooh, ooh. okay yeah yeah because the other team there was also like another upset wasn't there mm-hmm. um, i'm trying to find who that was i thought it was tottenham or whoever yeah i can't remember how to say it either top top of them or top something like that the only the only soccer news I keep up on is when a jerk walks into the opposing locker room in Real Salt Lake and tries to apologize for being a jerk on the field. So I don't know. It, it, just, <laughs> it, it looks like there was so much action going on over here. And I don't even know when this game is, but I want to watch it because there was a, it was a last minute winner. It says. Uh, it is June. They're not playing till June 1st. looks like. Oh, okay. Without sounding ignorant, was I right on that? On that statement I made about an opposing player walking into the locker room? Did that really happen? I don't know. What's his face? The LA Galaxy's player that walked into RSL's? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, okay. I, I think so. Okay. Anyway, that's the only soccer news I really keep up on. So. Didn't, didn't Zlatan or whatever? Yeah, whatever his name is. I need to get better at this, guys. <laughs> I am a terrible fan. <laughs> I am a terrible fan. Okay, we didn't get a chance to talk about something that I think we kind of hinted we would mention. Um, the NFL draft. We we talked a little bit about those starting rounds, but I wanted to touch on 
the local guys yes. that went into the draft because your guys' teams um, added added some local talent. Yes. Uh, so let's start. Number 47, Marquise Blair, safety from Utah, goes to the Seahawks. Shortly thereafter, the Seahawks also pick up Cody Barton, outside linebacker from Utah. There you go. Yep. John, are, are you happy with those picks? Does that bring back the Legion of Boom? I hope so. I did just see that Cam Chancellor is not going to be on the Seahawks, and so they could they could use this uh, youth movement. Yeah, that although the Legion of Boom might take a little while to rebuild. I don't know. Those yeah. are, those are two very good players, guys. Uh, right, but they're not Cam Chancellor players yet. They might. They might not, be not yet. It might be. You never know. <laughs> Breakout year in your rookie season. Yeah. Um, also, Sione Takitaki. BYU went to the Browns. You guys happy for him? That actually doesn't seem like a bad landing place anymore, I don't does think, it? No, I think that's a good landing spot for him. I think that's a good opportunity. Yeah. Um, we had two people leave from Kicker U. Mitch Wisnowski, punter from Utah, goes to San Francisco. Matt Gay, kicker um, from Utah, goes to the Bucks. I do like that for the Niners. Do you? I, yeah, I do. You like taking a punter that early? Uh, I don't keep track on early, late, whenever those picks happen. Um, how early was it? It was in which round? I don't remember the round. No. He was number 145, or sorry, okay. 110 overall. Well, I... So fourth round. Yeah. He's, he's a good player. Okay. Why not? A lot of people just freak out when you take a kicker early, it I, seems I don't, like. I don't mind it. I think that's a good... I think that's... It'll be nice to have him on the field fresh, you know... I don't know. I can't remember who they have ahead of him as punter right now, but I that's a good opportunity for him. So, no, I like it. Okay. Um, also from the state, you had Darwin Thompson from Utah State, goes to Kansas City. You had Jackson Barton from Utah uh, going to Indianapolis. Colts. Are those the Barton brothers? Yes, they are. Okay. And then uh, there's a John Ursura, or, yeah, I think that's how you say it. He was from Cedar High. He ends up on the Seahawks as well. So you get another another Utah guy. I don't know where he played his college ball. See, what was see, his name? John Ursua. John Ursua. Well, the Seahawks. You know what round he went? Oh, there he is. Uh, he went to Hawaii. The Seahawks have uh, had some really nice local flavor over the years because. You know, you can go back there running back. You can, um, you know, oh, yeah. a couple of Utah State guys were on that team for quite a while. So, yeah, they still have one, don't they? Yeah, they do. So, I was going to say, isn't Bobby Wagner uh, a I thought, Utah State I guy? Thought, yeah, and I thought he was still with the Seahawks. He, he hasn't is, left. He, yeah. He's so, one of the few that's still there from yeah. the uh, Legion of Boom. Well, from the championship. Yeah, so they've had some good local flavor on that team for quite a few years. And then there was a, a ton of other guys coming out, going to, to various teams post-draft. Um, so it'll be kind of fun to see how things shape up. But yep. nice to see the state of Utah well-represented, right? Agreed. And you got the, you got the three Division One schools all getting a draft, a draft pick in. So yep. happy to see it. Um, I really don't have a lot on on what's going on, you know, quick hits. So let's just roll with that for, for today. All right. One other, one note I would just add, there were only two kickers drafted in the entire draft. So, and both of them were the Utes. 
No, uh, Matt Gay and then Austin Siebert from Oklahoma was the other well, one. Well, you're oh, for two punters then. Two punters. Oh. Because Wishnowski was the other one. You said kickers. Uh, you said kickers, so that's why I was. Uh, I'm looking at the letter K. Maybe they have a P for punter. Yeah, yeah they do. So two oh, kickers. Okay, okay, yeah. Right. Well, in that, in that case, then I see another one. Only one? Just Wisnowski? Do, 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 two. Okay. Okay. Two, kick, two kickers, two punters. Wow. So That's it. putting it in perspective. All right, then. Go Utes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on to pop culture. All right, John, you wanted to hit the summer blockbuster. We both have seen Avengers Endgame, although Devin hasn't. Um, do we want to well, take Devin's permission and talk about it? Go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> talk about it. But I'm leaving the room for a minute. Do we, do we want to do that first or last? Do you want to hit the blockbuster first in case we decide to lose people that haven't seen it? Okay, let, let's let's do just the summer preview first. Okay, and then we then we can go back and talk about it. Okay, I I, I was uh, I had I had my article mostly written on my summer box office preview when I got laid off, so it took me a bit to get around to finish it, but I did, and I posted it on my blog spot. But um, this is how I see the summer going now. Everybody on Earth who doesn't watch movies at all even knew that Avengers Endgame was going to be the biggest movie of the summer. Of the summer, it looks like it's going to be it's well on its way to becoming the biggest movie of all time, yep. past Avatar. Um, in fact, I just want to look what it's at right now. I was just about to do that. As of this moment, it is at two point three billion worldwide growth, which I believe puts it at number one all time. Does it not? I believe so. Let's see, all time. Uh, worldwide, Avatar's at 2.7. So it's already number two all time. Yeah. It is easily going to beat Avatar. And it's been out three weeks. Um, yeah. Two so weeks, three weeks, yeah. It's it's going to be the first uh, $3 billion grocer. Um, domestically, it's going to have ways to go if it wants to catch The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens had $936 million domestic. Um. And Avatar was number two at 760. So it's it's definitely going to get up to it. What's its yeah, domestic think, numbers think, again? Right now it's domestic at 652. Okay. We have this this weekend coming up, and Detective Pikachu will be um, good competition for it. Yes, it but will. I, I, I still think it's going to pass Black Panther 700 million and probably catch avatar 760 by next weekend i'm not sure it'll catch uh, force awakens though i don't i don't know if it's gonna have the legs to catch force awakens no that's true no especially it'll, especially it'll, it'll, it'll with, be number two especially with what you have coming because and you're gonna get into this but spider-man is right around the corner too there's just too many films i think that will com compete for the domestic here coming up that i just don't know that it has the legs to get there yeah yeah, in fact, uh, I'm going to pull up Marvel. Let's see. The first Spider-Man made 334. I think Far From Home is going to be about the same. Anyway, yeah. I'll, I'll go over these. Uh, so Endgame, I, I, I had said it was going to make $800 million domestic. I think that's about what it's going to wind up being. Right. The, 
I think the next biggest movie this summer is going to be Toy Story 4. I think um really pick yeah pixar more often than not is good at this stuff and you look at just how huge movies like incredibles 2 and finding dory did even though the stories weren't as good as previous pixar efforts um but i think the toy story franchise has always been solid and so i think yeah i think that's going to be the number two movie of the year and here's the thing summer here's the thing that that movie looks good for one but you have the benefit of the fact that when did the original come out? It, it had 90, to be 95, 95. So that's 24 years ago. Yep. So yeah. you have a lot of folks like me who are nostalgic enough to still want to go see that. Yeah. As this part of their childhood, you know, people who are parents. Plus, now. plus it is the final installment in that series. This until, is it's until finalized Toy Story until five. I don't think they're going to do three a three was the final one. But. I, I know, but the, I get the finalized feeling from this one. So I think this is it. It probably will be. Uh, but I, I, like I said, I think you've just got these movies that kind of tie back into prior generations. Yeah. You know, the people yeah. who were parents at the first one want to see this one. People who were kids then and are parents now want to see it. I think it has a nice well, long reach and it looks good. Well, why haven't they given a sequel to the very first ever Pixar film? Toy Story was the first ever Pixar film. I thought it was Bugs Life. No, nope, Bugs Life was second. Ah, we need a we need a Bugs Life too. Is what I'm I saying. Think they did. Didn't they do a Bugs Life? No, too? they didn't. No, they need a Bugs Life too. Come on, let's do this. I, I see. I, I think Pixar's done enough sequels. I would like them to do more original stuff. I know. I'm messing with you. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, speaking of nostalgia, the third movie I think is going to be Lion King. Yes. The, ori- the original came out in 1994. Yes. Um, but this just seems to have all the hype and excitement whenever anything else new comes out about it. Um, my only beef is that they, they got some of the original voices back. I just wish they'd brought back Jeremy Irons as Scar. But, and Nathan yeah, Lane okay. as Timon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they could have brought back a lot of them. I, I like some of the replacements, but... But man, see, my my problem with this and then with Aladdin is that the villain's voice just sounds weak. I I know Chiwetel Ejiofor is a good actor, but he just doesn't quite sound right as Scar. There's there's a more guttural tone to Iron's voice, and then yes. in Aladdin, Aladdin Jafar just sounds wimpy. So we'll we'll yeah. see. But I'll get I'll get to that later. Um. So yeah, I think Lion King's gonna be number three. And it's just going to be the best summer ever for Disney because number four, I do think, is going to be Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, I think people are excited for the new phase of Marvel and Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man. And I love that Jake Gyllenhaal is playing Mysterio. I just I just think it looks great. And I think also a lot of people are going to want to see that first Marvel movie that deals with the repercussions of Endgame. So, yeah, I think this will be good. And if you um, haven't seen Endgame before Spider-Man Far From Home, you better. Just saying. Spoiler. Don't, don't watch the trailer. <laughs> yeah. I've heard don't watch the trailer. There's spoilers there's in it. There's been two trailers, and yeah, there's spoilers of it if, you, if the last thing you saw was Infinity War. Yes. Anyway, carry on. Uh, fifth film, I think, is going to be The Secret Life of Pets 2. The first one was a gigantic hit. I don't see why this one won't also be quite successful. 
Um, Louis C.K. was the main voice in the first one, and they replaced him with Patton Oswalt, who was the voice of Ratatouille. Like it. I don't think people care that much. I don't think people went to see The Secret Life of Pets for Louis C.K.'s voice. I think they just went because they like to see animals having adventures without their owners around. (laughs) Agreed. Uh, Sixth, I think, is going to be Detective Pikachu. I am shocked that we are where we are with this. When I first heard it, I thought it was a terrible idea. But the preview is great. The reviews have been good. Uh, it opens today, if I remember right. Yes, it so does. Yes, it does. I, th- I think it's going to open like 70, 80 million this weekend and just be the next big hit of summer. It looks funny. It does. It, yeah. It, it looks really good. And I think that it's taking a little bit of that uh, success that Ryan Reynolds has had with the Deadpool series, right? I, I agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds has been set free yet again. And I, I like this. I think he's going to do great. And I think this will be, yep. I agree, this looks good. In a way, this feels like an unofficial sequel to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Because there's a mystery I, and you have this interaction of I hadn't even thought characters. of that, but I like it. That is an interest. no. You're, I, okay, I have, I'm looking at this in a new light now. Good, and again, good point, John. You're, you're you're getting the nostalgia thing from this, kind of like mm-hmm. when Pokemon Go came out. Do you remember how crazy everything was? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the fact is, there are still a lot of people out there playing Pokemon Go. I did not know this, but I have seen that there are actually large groups of people still doing that. Right. And you know every yeah. single one of them is going to this movie. Oh, absolutely. Yep. What's next on your list? Uh, I'm picking Aladdin. I I don't think it looks that good, and but I feel like once the movie actually gets here and we get the full trailer and we get to see everything Will Smith does with the genie, I think there still will be a lot of appeal to it. Okay. My 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 guess is the reviews are going to be mixed. I I'm predicting that it's like a fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but um. So for some movies, reviews just don't matter, and I think this is one of those. Right. So I think it's going to be. I think it's still going to be big. It's not. It's not going to do Lion King numbers. That's going to do closer to Dumbo numbers. Okay. But it, it'll it'll still overall be successful. Uh, let's see. Next, I picked Rocket Man. That is the Elton John biopic coming out. Yep. And I think it's going to follow the model of Bohemian Rhapsody, where it just has a really great soundtrack. I'm, and I'm disappointed though. It's rated R. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they left some money on the table by keeping it R, but I think they want to go more into Elton John's love life than Bohemian Rhapsody was willing to go. Right. Because I took, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody was a family event. And when I saw this one being teased early on, I thought, here's another good family event where I can, you know, show, show the kids this, this great film about another great rock star who is still living by the way and still he's a living yeah. legend right now but it, it i yeah it's it's not a family event well it's wasn't not. wasn't that one of the issues with bohemian rhapsody is that it was basically a watered down version of freddie mercury's life yeah but i don't know that she would have had to make that rated r in order to do so yeah they uh they did a lot of innuendo and bohemian rhapsody and just kind of danced around it i mean there were a lot of issues behind it but ultimately i think it worked out because the director was the one who wanted to do it pg-13 and his original star um sasha baron cohen thought it should be r yes he did 
he he ultimately I don't remember if he quit or if they just dismissed him or what. And so they went with Rami Malik instead. And, you know, hindsight, Brian Singer was right to go ahead and make it PG-13 because it made a giant amount of money. Yes, it did. And Rami Malik was brilliant. Yeah. And then, you know, people can watch it and then they can go to Wikipedia and see what events they changed. And yeah. Learn the truth. Or watch some seems- of the, or you can go back and watch some of the documentaries because there's documentaries out there that also correct, I think, give you a course correction over what that movie missed a little too. Yeah. Yeah, they they definitely played with the facts, but yeah, they did. And I, I think that's what it comes down to from a director's standpoint. What do you want this to be? Do you want this to be something that loosely follows this story and focuses on right. different things, or do you want this to be a true biopic? You know. And the thing is about yeah. the the thing about Bohemian Rhapsody. I want to make it clear is it it the the parts of the story that were wrong in that movie. I don't think had anything to do with about with his relationships. There was more wrong in that film than just that. The, the, it was that oh, they, mo- that they, movie was yeah. purely about the music, is what that movie was, and it hit it on the mark. But there are there are plenty of things that were wrong in that film and had nothing to do with Freddie Mercury's relationships. Nothing to do with it. Yeah. So. Okay, next I think is going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's next movie by Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Um, I think the preview looks hysterical, and I just I'm a giant Tarantino fan, and this looks like it's going to be a course correction from The Hateful Eight, which is probably one of my least favorite movies of his, but I still respect it. Um, tenth, I think is going to be Godzilla: King of the Monsters. Um, those monsters look great on the big screen. Doesn't seem to be that much more story than that, but I think that's all it really needs to be. Uh, next I am picking Hobbs and Shaw. This fast and furious spinoff looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Idris Elba is the villain who's basically been turned into a super villain. This, This is, this is just shy of being a comic book movie. Really? When you look at, what they're doing with realism and everything. So I, I, I think it looks like it's just going to be a lot of fun. And I think it'll be huge in August. Uh, 12th, I picked dark Phoenix. This is going to be the final X-Men movie with this cast. And it looks like they are trying to make up for what the last stand did with the whole Jean gray story. Um, so I think, I think people will be interested in seeing one last time with these people then X-Men is going to get absorbed into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and be rebooted again in three or four years, I'm sure. Yes, it will. Uh, Let's see. Next, John Wick 3. John Wick's just too cool. That'll be big. Uh, Men in Black International I have is 14th. I think it's going to be considered a disappointment when you look at its budget, but I still think that Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson who are great together as Thor and Valkyrie. They look like they're going to continue that fun with uh, being men in black. I am a bit disappointed because men in black I've associated with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones for so much over the years. I was hoping you'd get at least some cameos from them. Maybe we still will, but I'm not counting on it. I, I, I almost feel like this is a reboot, if you will. And that's where I'm a little disappointed. I, I, I don't know. It pretty much is. I mean, they're they're in the same universe, so it is possible that they'll cameo. 
and I don't know if they do or not. And I hope if they do, I want to be surprised by it. I don't want to look it up. Because they do but, carry over a couple of characters from the last Men in Black film to this one. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So, Agent, uh, yeah, Agent they what's her name? Uh, um, oh. Like, yeah, Agent O is the, yeah, is the yeah. most you know, recent uh-huh. carryover. Yeah, so she's still there. So it's it's possible. Um, Tommy Lee Jones, the only way they got him to be in the third one was by having his part be small. So I think he's done with the franchise and Will yeah. Smith, who knows? I'm also, I'm also surprised though. I I'm curious of the timeline because agent O well, no, I'm not so surprised because I, I keep forgetting that last men in black jumped between the past and the future and the future agent O was played, but okay, never mind. I'm talking myself down from that one. I was a little curious to see what they were going to do because i for some reason i was picturing her as agent o in the old 50s flashbacks but she wasn't right yeah okay never mind cancel that i'm off the ledge <laughs> okay uh little, little, uh where was i uh annabelle come home this is the third annabelle movie it's one of those conjuring universe movies with pg-13 jump scares um it, i don't think it has to be that good for it to be a hit i just i think the franchise has enough goodwill that people will be ready for a horror film by the time it comes out. Right. Number 16 is Shaft. It's, uh, I don't know why they're just calling it Shaft again, since Shaft came out in around 2000 with Samuel L. Jackson. This one is also called Shaft. Um, but it looks funny. It, it's, it's taking completely different spin on it. Whereas the last, the other Shaft movies have been more about anger and revenge, and this one is just about how Shaft's son is nonviolent and doesn't like this world and gets freaked out by guns and well, he's surrounded by these guys who shoot people, and it, look, it looks fun. So I was curious. I read the background on this. The 1970s Shaft, I believe it was, um, the original, mm-hmm. featured the guy who is playing... He he was the main character in that one. Feet is now the is it uncle or grandfather? Yeah, yeah. Richard Roundtree was the original Shaft, and then in the first Shaft movie with Samuel Jackson, he does show up as his uncle, and, and so now he's going to be he's still around. He's going to be the great uncle. Yes, that's and, right. Yep. So I I found that so it's kind of a continuation of the story, and I like how they they brought Richard into that one to kind of I, I like how they've kept him in this series. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next, Angry Birds movie two. I don't really think people were clamoring for a second one, but the first one made money, so we're getting a second one. <laughs> they they just pulled back and shot for the uh, sh- yeah. shot for the towers and hoped that a bird would hit it, and that's what they're doing with the second one. I don't know. I'm I'm using the Angry yep. Birds analogy, but I figure it works. Yep, it comes out in the middle of August. I think it'll be the last movie to do remotely good box office, and then the end of August is when box office completely dies, and then everything just waits for It Chapter 2 to show up in September. Uh, Let's see. Next on my list, number 18, I have Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I haven't seen much publicity on this yet, but it doesn't come out till August, so I'm sure it'll ramp up and... I think just the brand itself will get people curious and all it has to be is remotely good and and people will go see it. Right. Uh, number 19, I picked ma 
It comes out May 31st. It's got Octavia Spencer playing this lady that lets teenagers party at her house. And the more they hang out there, the more they find out she's actually a psycho. I think it's just coming out at the right time that it's going to get a decent audience and be able to make the top 20 list. And then number 20, I picked Dora and the Lost City of Gold. It's the Dora the Explorer movie. She is now a teenager, and it's live action. And the preview looked kind of silly, but in a fun way, I, I, I liken it to yes. a Spy Kids movie. Yes. So I think, I think it's going to grab that type of audience. I'm, I'm, glad you okay. said it. I'm glad you said it looked silly because I thought the same thing, but I also thought that it looked silly in a fun, adventurous sort of way. It piqued my interest enough that I probably will see – I might see it. I don't know. Is that, I mean, do you intend to see it yeah. yourself? Uh, probably not. I mean, okay. I don't, I don't take my kids to movies at the big screen a lot. I'll probably take them to four or five a year. So I don't think that's going to make it. I got you. Okay. Um, I, okay. Back on your list. I'm surprised that dark Phoenix Phoenix fell that far down your list. Yeah. I, I think it might surprise some and it might do better than that. I don't know. Just, just this feel I have for it. But it, it's interesting, though. You mentioned the reboot. Um, I just read Marvel's Phase 4 and Phase 5. Sure enough, both X-Men and Fantastic Four are looking to be due for reboots from Disney, from Marvel Cinematic Universe, now that they own the entities. I think that's going to be an interesting thing to watch for. Yeah. So... I, I thought I thought there's no way, and I remember us talking about it on this show, that there was no way that they would reboot Fantastic Four, that two failed Fantastic Four movies, they're not going to go that route. But here we are talking about it, and Disney owns it, and you they can do anything they want with Marvel now, and I could see them rebooting Fantastic Four and bringing them into the picture. Um, I've already heard that Phase 4 or 5 is going to include Silver Surfer, so we're going to see a Silver Surfer mm-hmm. movie. Um, quite a few others that fell into that, uh, phase four and five too, that look really intriguing to me. So, well, I also saw a while back, I don't know if it's still in development or not, but they were looking at doing a Dr. Doom movie independently. Well, isn't, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't he with, uh, like, is it Sinister Six? Am I right on that? No, no, not. What's the evil? What's the, is it Legion of, no, what's the evil? Well, the- Okay, they were going to do a Sinister Six movie. That's different from Doctor Doom, but they okay. were looking at doing that when uh, Andrew Garfield was Spider-Man. And okay. they, planted, they planted the seeds for Sinister Six in the movie, but the Amazing Spider-Man 2 was such a mess that that's yeah. when I did read Sony that said, Sinister, we got to stop. And I did read that Sinister Six was on the Marvel Phase 4 or 5 as well, or something like that. I read, I'd have to go back and look over the phases, but I know I saw something coming up on that, so I was curious. But, well, I do, th- I do think they want to eventually do it because they see that even though the movie wasn't that good, Suicide Squad was a huge hit, and they know they can do that with right. Sinister Six. Well, and if Sony still owns the rights with it, all you got to do is turn over your your writing and creativity to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like they've done with Spider Man, and say we'll 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 distribute it for you. You guys write it, and look what it's done. So they could do the same thing there. They could. I don't. I don't know if MCU got. Sinister Six, though, because I, I know because Sony is doing a Morbius movie next, and they they can still, I think they still have rights to all the other Spider-Man characters, right? 
Well, all I got to say is if if Disney continues, Disney continues to work with Sony on Spider-Man, I want to see my favorite villain in one of these movies coming up. I am a Doc Ock guy. I always have been. And I would love to see them renew Doc Ock in Spider-Man. I want it. Oh, and they also did tease that there is going to be another Spider-Verse movie. Yes. I think I saw that too. Yes. So, yep, there's your summer blockbuster and we've been teasing ahead on things i john i think we've gone long enough i think we can put uh avengers endgame on hold for one more week um so you know because okay. we, we've gone on this blockbuster which is what you wanted to talk about and i think that's great and Devin, you've got time to watch endgame still i'll try <laughs> I'll try to make it everybody listening to this if you haven't seen endgame yet and want to and you want to avoid spoilers know this next time we record we will be talking endgame so be prepared i i might get distracted by detective <laughs> pikachu fair enough it is possible so ah, oh, i'm excited for the summer movies i am indeed very excited so um All right. Well, that wraps up uh, another great episode of Jedi and Germs. We want to thank you all for listening. You know where to find us, Facebook, Twitter, Jedi and Germs. Um, Anywhere you listen to podcasts, share us, get the word out, uh, and give us a listen and get your friends and family to join us for the discussion each and every time we record. Uh, Thank you for your support and for your, uh, you know, for being along for the ride every week. We'll talk to you real soon. John, take us out. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.